Hello. It has been an eventful week of adventure and mystery. And now... <laughs> Is that... That's one way of putting it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and now here we are, some of us with ten to $20,000 more in our pockets, as we sit upon the precipice of a new Wait, era. Wait, what? Because Biden forgave partial student loans you know well he ah, he and gotcha. his team that's right i forgot figured out that. a way to uh you know write off some did you have any loans? loans no thankfully but i know a lot of people who do and they are they there's 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 no monolith reaction to this thing people are either disappointed that it's not enough or happy that they got something or pissed off that it happened at all because i already paid my loans and you know, everybody needs to come out of pocket and do their part themselves. Bootstraps. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. I don't know how this works, because this is literally my first time hosting one of these on Zencaster. I've used it for party chat before, but this is the first time actually We used doing it this. on Scary Best as well oh that's right i forgot about that you're totally right the second time around Mm -hmm. yeah okay okay so all right we're gonna see how this works it is better so far yeah (laughs) makes a sound effects matter up here now weird very weird all right let's get into the show let's do it y'all let's do it okay So the story that we need to discuss first and foremost, because I can't, I can't (laughs) process reality that this is reality. Why is Nick Cannon having another baby? Why are we talking about this again? Double digits now, y'all. Baby number 10 is on the way. That's right. Nick Cannon. Who would reproduce with him? Apparently, uh, this this Britney person is all about it. She's like the most recent, and I think this is like the third baby they're having together. So Nick I Cannon. understand, like if if you have a child with him already, I guess having another one. If she wants another child, sure. But why isn't he cutting it off? I <laughs> that's the last thing. Quite the opposite, actually. He wants to keep spreading it as much as he can. My favorite thing about this whole story, my favorite thing about this article is his quote where he writes, time stopped and this happened. Like, maybe uh, don't stop time, homie. Just <laughs> let time keep running. Also, don't forget. how does time stop for you? You have nine children. Yeah, time is, the, the clock is always running. And, you know, it's, can't even we say can't, pull out game yeah. week. Pullout game is non-existent for Nick Cannon. He, he's <laughs> there. There is. There has never been a pullout. Apparently. No, no. He's he's in it to win it, hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. Well, uh, best of luck to Nick Cannon in all his future baby endeavors. Uh, I, no, I, we're not wishing him good luck. This is terrible. <laughs> he needs to stop. He needs to stop. That's too many children. But, you know, it's at a point right now where it's like, okay, he's he's already a father to at least, you know, several children. Um, I'm wishing him luck because, you know, eventually 
there's going to be a reunion. There's going to be a Thanksgiving where the whole family gets together. And that is going to be a yeah. very crowded table and a very crowded driveway. So I hope that, you know, his right. continued success allows him to at least have a large dining room table. And I and I don't <laughs> think he I, I don't think he like is a bad parent. like like, you know, it sounds like he's a pretty decent parent. I I like to think that you know he wouldn't keep having repeat kids with the same women if he wasn't you know taking care of his kids but it, what we've talked about this before how much can you be there for your kids right when and i think the last time we said that i think the last time we said that was when the tally was at like seven maybe and we joked about all right well if he spends one day okay. a week with each kid you know at least he can rotate that right. way or you know kind of figure out a game plan there, but no, we are, we are past the amount of days in the week. Can't even say eight days a week. No, we are at 10 folks, 10 cannons. It sounds like a line from the 12 days of Christmas. God, that's, and that, and that also, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a nightmare to me. 12 days of Christmas. Oh, that too. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love Christmas, but that song is fucking annoying. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't Much get like the Nick, appeal. Nick Cannon reproducing, it needs to stop. Yeah, please. yeah. Um, just to to paraphrase the office, it's they said something like the first five days are just birds. That's it. So I don't understand the appeal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I never liked that one, and I love Christmas, and I love Christmas stuff, but I never liked that particular song. It's too repetitive and annoying. It is. It is very, very. Uh, it's giving hundred bottles of beer on the wall, you know, but Christmas style. Oh God, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of off the top of my head, and this is definitely off topic and off season. But do you have a favorite modern, more modern Christmas song? I guess. I don't know off the top of my head. Like, what's a yeah. modern Christmas song? What's the one? With what the would donkey? be considered modern? I don't know. Like something that's actually, uh, you know, I'd say older than the nineties would be modern. Nineties to present. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, barring all I want for Christmas is you. You know, circling back to. Uh, that's got to be it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be all it. All ties together. It all ties that, together. That has to be it, though. That has to be that has to be the best one, right? Yeah, I want to say Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child, but even that is derivative of the Twelve Days of Christmas, so I can't even use that. I feel like that's cheating. No, I I would have to go with All I Want for Christmas. When did Last Christmas come out? I think. Well, that, that was a good sounds. One too. It just sounds very that's 80s creepy. with all the synth, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> I Want for Christmas is You. It has to be the one. I think gotta be gotta be or believe mm-hmm. by Josh Groban from the Polar Express motion picture soundtrack. I do not agree with that one, but okay. To each, <laughs> to each their own, you know, it just sounds like bad, just bad vibes all around top to bottom. Polar Express creepy. Mm-hmm. Josh Groban creepy. Don't want it. We don't acknowledge as a culture how, traumatizing it was to just see the trailer for the polar express let alone the actual film we don't we don't 
process as a culture, how traumatizing it was for Josh Groban's popularity to persist for as long as it did. The man was yodeling at us, Lex. Uh, yeah. I didn't get it. I didn't get the appeal. No, not a fan. Remember he was with Kat Dennings for a long time, too? That's true. He was. Man. (laughs) We've strayed so far from Nick Cannon. But I'll tell you why. There's not much more you can say. This is the 10th bite at the apple that Mr. Cannon has had. And I am out of things to say about this ongoing national crisis of Nick Cannon populating our country. And I say that knowing that he's going to have another kid and we're going to cover it again. God damn it. Until he stops. (laughs) We will keep covering it. Until he is off the streets, no longer a menace to society. Our final episode is going to be Nick Cannon. 25th baby. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. We should make it. We should make a pack. We got to make a pack. You know how people make the pack. Like, you know, if we're not with anybody in 20 years, we should marry each other. If Nick Cannon makes it to Mm -hmm. 25 babies, that's when the show's over. That's it. That's the cutoff. Oh yeah. That's a good plan. (laughs) 25. 25th baby big final episode blowout we invite nick cannon on the show and we just celebrate like there's no tomorrow i would like to think he won't even go to 20 Mm. let alone 25 but who knows i didn't think he'd make it to double digits but yeah here we are so in further celebrity news something Something that I, I, I literally just came up with a bad pun for, so I wanted to say it. Oh, Schnapp. Noah Schnapp has a summer job as a lifeguard. Of course. I heard about know. this. He's still a kid. You may know Noah Schnapp as the kid who plays Will on Stranger Things. Can't even really call him a kid anymore because he is basically a grown man at this point. I mean, I mean give him a haircut on the next season. If anyone's listening, please help that kid out. Help that little gay boy. Give him a good haircut. We are begging you. Please. That is a tragic hair situation. Will deserves better. Let this boy have a good haircut. Let him have a season. You know, they really teased us a lot last season. You know, without giving anything away with the overall plot. The, the, the Will subplot of, you know, him discovering who he is and the Duffer Brothers apparently claiming that we'd get some type of resolution, it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I feel like they got so close to the line of basically teasing, you know, how he really feels, who he really is, without really giving us anything, you know? They just basically kept kept it ambiguous. And we 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 deserve better than that in, in this in this modern day, I think. I know it's based on a on, I mean on the I like aesthetic. it. You did? Okay, well. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I also liked the way that they, they covered Robin's um, situation. Yeah, see, that but I appreciated. I understand. Yeah, I, I think other, like everyone might have a different opinion on how much. I, I know there were definitely some valid complaints, and I agree that it could have been more. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, but we'll see. It's not over yet, you know? That's true. So what all is coming next? I mean, it also kind of ties into the fact that we've seen this character traumatized all four seasons. Like, he's the one, I would argue, that's gone through 
at least as much trauma as Eleven from start to finish because he was the one yeah. that got sucked into the uh, the upside down first. He was the one that had to find his way out. Yep. You know, and I feel like ever since then he's kind of been isolated from the rest of the group, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, because he he went into another world and he has not been the same. Um, because he saw. I wonder things. if now that. I wonder if now that they've gone deeper into this world and everything, if he's going to relate more or they're going to relate more to him, you know, I hope they, didn't, so. they didn't spend an extended period of time there though. He was there a long time. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's might fan have fucked theories him up like Vecna. Yeah. That's what I was going to say next. There's fan theories that claim, you know, we're going to see some type of Vecna like transformation from him in the next season, but. I hope not. I'm rooting for Will. I want good things to happen to him at the end. No. I want him to be like a hero. I think that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, he deserves his moment. So, yeah. So, kudos to him. Enjoying his summer. Being a lifeguard. Doing normal kid things. You don't hear about that very often. That's why it's even a news story. Because usually it's, you know, oh, they broke into a Walgreens. And they got into the pharmacy and just fucked everything <laughs> up. You know? <laughs> They were on horse tranquilizers again. Again. (laughs) So, yeah, interesting stuff there. Um, We have a small update. We have a small update about Jordan Elsis from Smallville and him stepping down from season three. He has Superman, (laughs) Superman, Superman Lois. We stepped down from the literal town of Smallville, the show being Superman and yes. Lois. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's it. All right. So he's stepping down after two seasons, as we mentioned last week. He, of course, being the one who placed Jonathan Kent on the show, uh, there were a lot of rumors flying around about uh, you know, his vaccination status and everything like that. So he wanted to give his mm-hmm. side of the story. And apparently he released okay. a video. Uh, wherein he says, uh, and I quote, it's been a tough few weeks, as you might imagine, with everything going on with the show. It's sad. It's a real shame. I know that I was pumped for season three for sure, but what are you going to do? Anyway, mental health is definitely 100% priority. It's pinnacle. It's got to take precedence, Elsa said. And mine has been the last couple of years. It's been rough. I need some time to myself. I'm still Mm. debating whether I'm even going to act for a while. I may go in a different direction. I know that's definitely going to ha- going to be disappointing to some people. So, you know, taking this at face value, of course, I, I, I wish him the best. And I hope that yeah. you know, whatever personal struggles he's going through, uh, he comes out uh, on the other side of it healthy and, you know, happy with himself more than anything else. Yeah. So, and I really respect he's he's young and to make that choice when you have a TV show and stuff to be like, no, I got to prioritize my mental health. That's hard to do. So I give yeah. him credit for that. Yeah. So, of course, missing from this statement and missing from any, uh, you know, any part of this article I'm getting from CBR.com here is any mention of, you know, his feelings about, um, you know, being vaccinated, COVID in general, uh, him missing work because of that, anything like that. So. I haven't seen anything concrete from a source that I trust about that being a factor. So right now, this is the best explanation we have, I think, of uh, why he's not going to be part of the show going forward. So we wish him the best. And And, and taking him 
like you said, taking him at face value, I vote we just leave it at that, you know, like that's his business kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. If that's all he wants to say, that's fine. You know, um, we've seen a lot of celebrities oversharing lately, of course. And uh, I, I appreciate this mature decision from him. Um, we talked a little bit after the show last week about Tom Holland uh, doing something similar, not stepping away from acting, but stepping away from uh, social media, saying that, you know, every time he gets online, he sees something crazy about himself and he doesn't like that feeling. It's draining, according to him. So okay. he wanted to step back from that. Jonah Hill, he also went on record and said that he's going to be stepping back. And I think that this is a good example for a lot of people, uh, you know, to, to really just take into consideration that not everybody online has your has your uh, you know best interest at heart and they're going to say some mean things to get a reaction and it's important to do what's best for your mental health for your heart for your well-being and you know yeah. if, if they can do it and you know marketing themselves as part of their literal job you can do it too so you know people suck and and here's the thing <laughs> yeah. like if it's if- not fun for you if it's stressing you out then you shouldn't do it that's a good or point. you should find a way to make it fun because to me that's all it is it's fun and as soon as it's not fun i'm kind of done with it and i toss it aside yeah i mean it's a conversation it's supposed to be an ongoing conversation sharing ideas sharing news that sort of thing um you know we i we was were off twitter for like two years because it was stressful that's right that's right and i think i, I remember you saying you felt better because of it Mm-hmm. And then yeah. now I'm back on it. The world's kind of different in a different place. I'm in a different place and it's mostly just fun for me now. Like it doesn't stress me out the same way when it does, I put it away. That's true. Yeah. You were able to step back and get that perspective and that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I having a conversation with some coworkers today because one of them was complaining saying like, ah, oh, my kid, you know, uh, he never goes outside. He's always online and stuff like that. And they never meet their friends in person. They always go to these chat rooms and that sort of thing. And I'm like, all right, well, that's cool. You know, a lot of people in their lives only really have one or two close friends, you know, that they see in person, that they're physically in the same place as you have a lot of associates. Yeah. You have a lot of friends. But you only really have one or two friends, you know, your entire life. But being able to schedule time with a group of people and actually share ideas, laugh, enjoy yourselves, that sort of thing, no matter what the venue is, sometimes that's even better. Sometimes that's even better than, you know, having to travel for miles and get to people like that. You know, of course, working from home, we know that travel is a big proponent of stress you know that's a big part of stress that goes along with things yeah you know half the terror of a roller coaster is waiting in line for the thing so if people have anxiety and they just really want to get to the good part they really want to be around their friends i think you know being in a, in a um in an online space is a good alternative you know in a lot of ways it could be healthy in a lot of ways yeah, I I agree. Um, and it's also every person's different, right? Like, I want to hang out in person with you, with, you know, our mutual friend Bradley, we, you know, but like, my friends live far away. So yeah, I'm gonna record a podcast with you. I'm gonna play video games online. I mean, like, whatever, like, you find different ways to communicate with people. That's just exactly how it goes. Yeah. Um, but 
and I mean, I think that opens your world up, whereas some people might think that makes your world smaller because they don't understand it. Yeah, people are weird. I mean, even taking into consideration like people that go through issues with self-esteem, body dysmorphia, that sort of thing, too. Meeting in a mm -hmm. virtual space, you know, that's a little bit less of a uh, of a of a stress on them to worry about that. So, you know. Yeah, I'd imagine, especially people like you said, body dysmorphia, or they're coming to terms with who they are in in many different ways, and then there's a space where they're safe for the first time. You know. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why we have more out trans people. It's not that there are new trans people. It's that people are finally able to see, hey, there's someone else like me. Hey, there's a space that can accept me. And yeah. then it's, you know, a, a brave move to come come out and do that, you know. Um, but I think those spaces allow for people to be themselves and kind of start that process i agree and i feel like you know like a lot of things the internet is a tool you can use it for nefarious reasons mm -hmm. of course and that's what brings clicks that's what brings eyes so that's what you hear about the most but there's also a lot of positive that can come out of it too and i think of course you know the the more generations progress with this tool in our toolbox you know the more it becomes just commonplace but there's still a contingency of uh, certain mindsets that are like, oh, no, you know, he's always online. It's like, you're always online. Mm -hmm. You have a phone in your pocket. It's sending information <laughs> right now to outer space, all about you, what you're saying right now, where you're at, what you clicked on last on yeah. Amazon, you know? Yeah, you're online. We're all online all the time. There is no offline anymore. So it's just such a weird no. statement. People Not unless like, you get like a flip phone or something, you know, yeah. which I want. But you I really got to be determined to like, you know, yep, be you deep do. in that bunker. You get <laughs> no why. You do, you do. <laughs> I like to, you were saying the internet is a tool and I like to think that the internet, you know, like a tool that can go in either direction. Um, I like to think that it is, do you remember on Scrubs how the janitor made knife wrench? And it yes. was a knife and a wrench, like a knife <laughs> attached to a wrench. And he was like so happy with it. It was like a, he was like knife wrench. I like to think of the internet as knife wrench because <laughs> it can absolutely destroy you or it can fix you. Like it can go either way. It just depends on how you're using it. There you go. That's a, that's a, that's a wonderful analogy to wrap that up. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> like, a, you know, just, just buried in there somewhere. If you need a break from social media, mm -hmm. don't feel obligated folks. Don't feel like you owe anybody anything. Yeah. Because you don't, you owe it to yourself to do what's best for yourself. Uh, you know, whether you're a celebrity, whether you're uh, just somebody who lurks, you don't need to subject yourself to anything that is not making you feel good. So don't do it. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. The yeah. only social media you should have is joining our Discord. Lex and Matt. <laughs> On Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. Join, what join a pivot. Her, you know, two dollars. <laughs> you can join now. <laughs> we give we give free codes. We're really nice people. It's a safe there, space. You should come join. If there were ever a time I felt like a televangelist on this podcast, now is the moment. <laughs> you don't want to get saved? Gentlemen. Come join <laughs> Lex and Matt. <laughs> 
<laughs> Folks, I'm telling you right now, put your hands, point your hands towards your phone or your television, whatever you're listening to <laughs> or song. You will receive. The Lord is directing you oh, to man. give us your credit card information. <laughs> Call the number at the bottom of the screen right now. Give us that credit card yeah. information. Get that blessing. Take what's it yours. Calling. Feel the Holy Spirit within you, <laughs> guiding you <laughs> to go to patreon.com slash Lex and Matt <laughs> to join. Join us, won't you? Oh, man. If anybody actually subscribes to this ad, I swear to God, we're doing this every week. We are we are going to deliver a sermon every week. If, if two people sign yeah. up for the Patreon this week, we're going to see what happens. Every, every, okay, every week if we get two people, two new people to join, we will continue the sermons. Well, yeah. We'll Everyone listening right now is going, please, for the love of God, no one join Patreon. <laughs> I'm committed to this bit, too. Like, don't forget, people, I used to be a legit deacon. So if you want me to get in there with that hum, you know, just get all down and growl and stuff like that, I will do it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm 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 curious to see what the response. Don't be don't be scared of the Lord. (laughs) Y'all don't. (laughs) We're going to we're going to do some fan art of Lex looking like Lil Gideon from uh, Gravity Falls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh uh, no! Kayla's yeah. gonna do something with that for the artwork. I'm scared. Little <laughs> Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to this. All right, all right. What's, what do we got next? Oh, what no. else? I. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, these are both your story. Uh, so your stories. So we either have WB release dates shifting or Neil Gaiman talking about Sandman, which I should preface with saying I have not watched Sandman yet. Okay. All right. I, so this is going to be I've my pitch. Kind of, I've read a couple of comic and that's it. Yeah. And that's, that's fine. You are the target audience for this show. Okay. And people who have read every okay. issue of Sandman are also the target audience for this show. Let me tell you something. Um, I feel like there's no comic creator who is as delicate and loving of his material as Neil Gaiman. And what's mm-hmm. great about that is it sounds like that is one of the most egotistical things that you could possibly say about somebody. You get like Stan Lee vibes off of that, right? Like he's just patting himself on the back. No, right. Neil Gaiman loves talking about Sandman. He, because he loves creating Sandman stories. He loves creating stories in that universe. He wants to continue to do that, which is what brings us to our article here today. It's another piece from CBR.com. Neil Gaiman is saying that fans should binge the series if they want a second season. The show has not yet been renewed, even though it has been in the top 10 of the Netflix listings for the past couple of weeks, even maybe a month. I don't know. Um, he was asked by a fan on Twitter. I thought it just came out last week. No, it's been out for a couple of weeks now. We were talking about it um, at, at Archie's wedding. A oh, little I bit forgot. Too. Uh, that's, that's my, okay. that's my time reference as of late. That's my, that's my lunch point. Okay. But um, yeah. yeah, it's been out for a couple of weeks. And he says that, uh, Netflix looks at completion rates, so people watching it at their own pace 
It's like if you've dipped in and watched a couple episodes of the show, Netflix doesn't count that as successful views. They only really count people who binge the whole thing because they're ravenous for more, right? Um, this mm-hmm. is kind of tricky because, you know, we've heard rumors about uh, Netflix and how they measure their analytics over the years. This is interesting because this is a clear look inside. That's the other thing about No Gaming. He, uh, he will not bullshit you. He's just going to tell you how it is, and this is what Netflix is telling him. Um, so this is a clear look at how they, they measure success for one of their shows. And it's also how fast you watch it. Yes. And it's also strange because they chose to release a super secret 11th episode outside of the 10 that they released on, you know, day and date, uh, featuring two stories, two side stories that didn't necessarily tie into the main thing, but they still wanted to make, which is indicative of the book of the, of the comic. It, It fit right in, you know, um, I loved it. I love the first season. I hope they do a lot more. You can watch it and see it's expensive as fuck. Like everything is on the screen right there. Um, but it looks like it was ripped straight out of the Yeah, I'd imagine a show like that would be. Yeah, yeah. So it's an uphill battle. This may be the only season of Sandman we get. But even if it is, it was a great season. And I look forward to what they do next. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you're only going to get a certain amount of seasons with streaming networks now, we're, real, we're realizing anyway, right? Because they don't want to pay residuals. So, um, you know, we'll, you'll be lucky if you get two or three seasons of a show now um, yeah. because of that, which is really fucked up. We, we were always kind of like, why are they canceling these shows? So early? It's because they don't want to pay residuals. We yeah. Know right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I want to give it a shot. It, yeah, doesn't, I, it doesn't even have to, like, go on for multiple seasons for me to be interested. I just, you know, it hasn't been top priority. Yeah, I mean, that's one good thing about Netflix. It seems like they don't take their stuff off of the service too often. Like, sure, they'll no. cancel something after the third season. But for people that are just hearing about something, it'll still be there. Like, if you want to watch Kim's Convenience, it's still there right now. They still have that up on on their uh, service. So, you should watch Kim's Convenience if you haven't watched it yet. It's really good. It's funny. It's got similarly. I've watched. I've watched a bit of it, yeah, and I enjoyed what I watched of it. I don't remember how much I got through, but I did it's, watch a lot of it. It's wholesome. Some of it. It's real wholesome. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Yeah, it was um, a fun show when I saw it. So I'm hoping that Sandman gets more, uh, get gets more content. Uh, he also revealed in this article that. Even if Netflix decides not to continue with it, uh, they could shop it around to another streaming service. So it's good that he has the rights. That's of course, good. he has the rights to these characters, uh, you know, because there's there's no Sandman without Neil Gaiman. That's just it's not a good idea. Right. Right. That's great. Um, I'm glad that they at least have that option because that sucks like to not have that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have you watched anything interesting this week? Have you seen anything good? Um, we're rewatching Over the Garden Wall. We were watching that earlier. We've been watching a lot of horror films and just movies in general. Um, and then still trying to finish up Mad Men. Kayla's uh. first watch and my however many watches. <laughs> so those have been the cool. main shows. That's cool. We watched um, a documentary on Netflix called Untold, uh, 
uh, well, I guess it's a it's part of a series, but this one focused on a football player named Manti Teo. Have you heard of this guy? Oh God, that name sounds familiar. What about so Manti Teo um, was a football player who uh, played for Notre Dame College, uh, and during that time, uh, he was basically catfished. Somebody convinced him um, that they were somebody else. Yes, I remember this story. Yeah, yeah. So how do you remember that being framed? Like, do you did you hear um, about it as I remember he was, it being like a joke? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that majority for the for the most part, yes, yes. It was joked about. There were memes, of course. You know, everybody had a hot take on it. Um, but this really digs into it from start to finish. They get interviews from him, uh, the the trans woman who catfished him, uh, and it's it's not like you know a trans panic sort of thing at all. That's not how they frame it. And in fact, before the um, episodes even start, they say that uh, the party that catfished Manti Teo, uh, they weren't identifying as a woman uh, officially until after the documentary uh, was finished filming. So, you know, they- Okay, yeah, that's an important note. Exactly. So they're respectful in that regard. You don't really see any type of like weird, you know, hate or anything like that, Um, which I think is great because it, it made it an interesting watch that you didn't like have to cringe at that aspect of it but what you will cringe at is just how far this person went to convince manti Teo that they were someone else and that they were in love and the lengths that they went to to keep this up it is heartbreaking even to the point where yeah it's so sad because you know it it made him look foolish on a national scale and it made him look untrustworthy at the most important time of his life when the NFL teams were trying to figure out if he should be part of their teams, you know, he was fresh out of college. This whole thing came to light uh, from Deadspin and man, fuck Deadspin too. Okay. <laughs> like really, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm leaving a lot out because I, I want people to watch this documentary. Let me know what you think of it. Right. It is fucking captivating and I wish him nothing but the best. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, I I didn't even know there was a documentary about that, but I it was like a peripheral story for me. Like I, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't I didn't I don't know much about it at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, they go in depth. Like you said that. the name, and I kind of I kind of knew who he was. Kind of, like yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds familiar, but I don't yeah. know anything about the story. Dude was only thirty one years old too. He still got a lot of life ahead of him. So yeah, I hope it gets better for him. Yeah. Um. Something else that we watched, which is a complete 180 from that, uh, Day Shift, the vampire hunting movie starring Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that one. That Uh sounds weird. It's very weird. It's very cheesy. But you know what? It's a fun couple of hours. Not only that, but the action sequences, I can't believe I'm saying this. They're right up there with fucking Blade. Like, there are some scenes in that movie. Really? that are so well choreographed that you will be like, fuck, this is, this is really good. Like you'll be embarrassed about how much you're enjoying it. It's really good. I mean, I understand that like people might go, Oh, Snoop Dogg's in it. And they kind of laugh it off. But like, like Jamie Foxx is typically taking on, you know, he's not my favorite actor necessarily, but like, I think he, 
cares about what he does. So I'm like, I think Snoop Dogg cares about what he's doing and shit. Like, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that doesn't necessarily surprise me that they are involved with something that has like good production values and stuff. Cause it's Netflix too. Right. Yeah, it is. But when I say, when I say you're, yeah, you'll be embarrassed like, by enjoying it, it's like, it's a, it's a very tongue in cheek, like B sort of movie. Like they don't cut corners or anything on purpose, but it's like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. I could see this hitting like, you know, I don't even know, like DVD or something like that. It's, it's, it's kind of corny, but right. it's fun. It's fun. It's a corny in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's a comedy, right? Like I was saying all this with the, like the preface of like, like I, I assumed it was a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And the good Franco brothers in this too, by the way, uh, David. Yeah. David Franco. There's a good Franco brother. Okay. Well, the less bad know. Franco brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know the the one who many men would many people would say is the bane of their existence because he's married to Allison Brie but yeah. yeah that guy still the weirdest coupling very weird very weird <laughs> anyway yeah anyway so that's a good movie I recommend it um yeah that's what I got so I guess to close us out yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of action going on. <laughs> I saved this to the end because I know people probably burn out from us talking about it a little bit. HBO Max, uh, not, e- not even HBO Max, just uh, Warner Brothers has shuffled around some um, release dates on some of their projects here. So this comes from Deadline.com. Deadline has learned that Warner Brothers is making a slew of release date changes next year. First of all, James Wan's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom needs more time in post-production. So it's moving from March 17th to December 25th, 2023. That is a lot of time. Holy shit. Whole lot of time. Uh, What's more, uh, the March 17th space that it was initially in uh, will be filled by Shazam! Theory of the Gods. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually going to be kind of given a a, a bigger release, I guess, you know, because they're trying to contend uh, with, I guess, uh, Avatar. So, yeah, they're they're trying to put all their muscle behind that. Um, You're not really going to win that one, I don't think, even though I think Shazam will be a better movie. I can just say that off the bat. I I don't think that's going to play out well. Well, I guess we'll see, or won't see. We'll we'll see if we see. Uh, an interesting note here: something that was initially going to uh, premiere on HBO Max has been moved to a theatrical release, and that is New Line's House Party reboot, which is uh, a LeBron James, Maverick Carter produced movie. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. So they're they're putting that in theaters now. Okay. Yeah. They got a lot of faith in that, which is interesting to me because I know that House Party, even when it was first released, it wasn't a box office like blockbuster or anything. It was kind of like a almost no, a cult it wasn't. film, you know? Yeah. It's one of those where it's like, all right, you get it yeah, on I video. Think it was like, like a cult comedy. Yeah. You know, it had a couple of sequels and they were of varying quality, but, you know, it was around for a while. Um, one more note, something that I completely forgot about. And something that I guess was supposed to come out on HBO Max, Evil Dead Rise, directed by Lee Cronin, 
is going to be opening April 21st, 2023. I don't know anything about this, but they're saying that the the trailer is uh, testing very well. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure our friend um, be happy I, about I mean, that. <laughs> I understand the shift to theatrical releases. I don't like all a lot of the choices that have been made. Um, and we've talked about that in length. We don't really need to get into it anymore. But I do understand, like, making these big movies, big theatrical releases again. I'm very intrigued by, speaking of theatrical stuff, and you mentioned Avatar, I guess they are going to re-release in theaters Avatar updated for 4K or whatever ahead of the release of um, the sequel. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting, I guess. I'm not fucking seeing it, but, you know, other people will, and I'm sure it'll climb back up to number one. And they're going to re-release it in uh, 3D as well, so... That's really going to be weird to see if that takes off again. I doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, is the sequel going to be in 3D? Probably. I haven't heard anything about that. But it would be insane of them not to yeah. capitalize on that. Especially if well, they're laying the ground. it's been 10 years, work. so they're trying to get the nostalgia, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I hate to keep saying we'll see, but man, there's just so much stuff up in the air. And I do not trust Warner Brothers to stick to their plans. So until it actually hits the the screen, we'll see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just trying to see if that new one's going to be in 3D, but I don't know. Yeah. Circling back to that um, that Evil Dead Rise movie, I have no idea whether this is going to fit in the grand scheme of Evil Dead things. Because, of course, you know, the first one happened. The second one was a pseudo-remake of the first one with more involved. The third one is uh, Army of Darkness, which they can't even reference in most media after the fact because of rights issues. Uh, The fourth one was a reboot once again starring brand new characters and a cameo by Bruce Campbell at the end saying groovy that had nothing to do with anything. And this, being the fifth iteration... Uh, notwithstanding Ash versus the Evil Dead, the stars show that starred Bruce Campbell and was pretty fucking rad, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, this is yeah another story in the Evil Dead universe that does not feature Ash, and I don't know why it needs to be an Evil Dead film, but you know, <laughs> I, I hope they validate it somehow. And Raimi's not involved outside of producing, which is also strange. Hmm. Raimi might just be done with it. Yeah, I like, mean, I'm sure he wants to kind on. of do something else. It's It's been so long, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he's got so many opportunities. I could see one to walk away from that. Like, he's been doing so many different things for years now. Like, why, why revisit that? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's all I got this week. You got anything else to add? No, not really. Just thinking about avatar and googling avatar and how much it's gonna fucking suck that's that's my update <laughs> well we fucking did i don't it. know if that's helpful to everyone but you know you guys get to hear me rant about avatar again yeah you know we, we need years. someone to either prepare us or warn us against avatar so you're doing us a service yeah yeah that's me I'm here to to warn you all. You are the silver uh, surfer 
to Avatar's Galactus. <laughs> the the onslaught of Avatar bullshit coming our way <laughs> starting in September with the re-release and then next year with the sequel that apparently is actually going to be released. That's crazy to me that they're still they've been working on this for over 10 years. I mean, the bar is fucking sky high. There's no way. There's no way. Has a sequel ever taken this long? Like any other sequel where they've actively been working on it for so long? I want to say Bill and Ted face the music because they were talking about that movie for a couple fucking decades. Yeah. Talking about it. Sure. But like actually like it's been greenlit and they're working on it. I'm very curious about that. If anyone knows, let us know. Has there ever been another movie sequel where they made a theme park in anticipation of the sequel actually happening that I can firmly say no. Oh, that no way. No, <laughs> definitely not. Imagine if this movie crashes and burns and Disney's just sitting there with a whole ass avatar world, just like what now? <laughs> what funny. do we do? We got, we got these blue people. We no one, no one likes this. What do we do with this? Turn it back to fucking pride rock. <sighs> just, just switch it back. It's fine. I, Oh man, that would be amazing. Yeah, I uh, I I would like to see that. That would be a, a dream come true, honestly. <laughs> I'm such a dick about Avatar. I don't know. I just it gets on my nerves. Uh, your your team's totally Sigourney Weaver all the way. Fuck, <laughs> fuck James Cameron. <laughs> I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and yet she was in Avatar. What the fuck? Hey, if you can make some good money off of your ex's dime. Totally go fucking do that. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, it's not just about the money, though. It can't that's be. That's true. She's got money. That is true. She's coming back for Avatar 2, I think. Wait, is she? Yeah. Maybe. She is. Did she die? I don't remember. I don't know. It's been so long. Does it really matter? Like, does, <laughs> does it matter who is in the movie? They're just giant blue cat people. You know what? I'm sitting up here like, oh, they killed her off. And they fucking killed Ripley like three times, you know? <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. I yeah. cannot explain the plot of Avatar to anyone because, and yet it's very stupid and simple. Yes. Blue people have tail sex yeah. and bad things happen around them. Blue people have stuff that man wants. Man goes and takes it. Native American allegory. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Well, we made it. We're here at the end of another episode through two different venues and one of the most fucking Mm -hmm. frustrating weeks in the history of mankind, at least in my world. So thank you folks for tuning in. I appreciate you hearing me ramble for 45, 46 minutes now. Uh, If you'd like to hear more. To be fair, I rambled a a good bit in there too, you know. That's true. That's true. If you'd like to see more of our musings, follow us at Lex and Matt across the board and uh, tune in next week. Same Matt time, same Lex channel. I'm Matt Peters. Yeah. And I'm Lex Lutz. (laughs) Be excellent to each other. I guess I'm saying it. Fuck it. (laughs) Be excellent to each other. Bye. (laughs) 